Hello everyone and welcome to the next installment of Mayhem and Murder, Infidelity and Intrigue. Yes, it's the Genesis Podcast coming live from Pete's Loft and my office. Hi Pete. Hello. How's it going? I've been better. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah, tell us a little bit what you've been going through this week. Well, COVID has finally struck. I know that, you know, there's lots of people who've had COVID and or maybe have had it a few times, but for us, it's the first. Yeah, it's really inconvenient and it's really painful. And I think some people have really had a, a tough time uh, with this. Also, we, we are reminded of some other people who are going through th- some tough times in the book of Genesis. <laughs> uh, our reading this week has been from Genesis 31 uh, to uh, today's reading is 42 and then we carry on a little bit more towards Sunday with Joseph and what what is going on uh, with that with that story. Um, have you been drawn to any particular things this week? It's always good to get to the Joseph story, a classic part of Genesis and we've been singing some of the songs from the musical and we used to watch that DVD all the time when Juliet was younger. We keep reminding her of it, but then they're not keen for us to get it out. But I think we might anyway. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it, especially the, the Donny Osmond version is so good. Actually, the Donny Osmond one was quite good because for a number of reasons, but one of them, I'm anticipating uh, a bit more of the story here. Or well, someone said the challenge for, for Osmond was to play that, arc which is there in in the story of someone who's very naive and arrogant and and all just juvenile basically and he's got to carry all that way through the suffering and the testing and the refining and and things until he reaches a real kind of maturity you know and becomes a real man of faith and patience and uh, perspective so um and uh I, I think that commentary helped. I don't understand. think I've watched any of those. Maybe it's going to be a homework for tomorrow. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how it all get access to it. Maybe it's on YouTube. But that is funny. Whoever made that insight helped me understand what was going on in the text a bit more, you know, and just follow uh, Joseph's arc a bit better, his, his character arc or whatever. So that was useful. Tamar, I like the story of Tamar. Um, in yeah, I mean, we've gone by default on Joseph's story because it's, it's very positive. It's it's we know that there's a good outcome, but the, the chapters leading up to that they're full of uh, life as well and death for that matter. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Tamar, other characters there. Walk us through it if you want. One thing, I mean, there's a few things that I like about it. There are some parts of the Bible. Esther is a, is a classic example, which just have brilliant stories, you know, with great plots, and they've got really interesting twists yeah. and things yeah. like Joseph is sort of a, a, a quite big one. But yeah, this uh, this Tamar story is is great for that. So just from a dramatic point of view, it's a great piece of, of, of narrative. And, and with mis- misfortune for Tamar, it looks like misfortune, but in fact, it's God judging people as well. So you've got the hand of God um, administering justice. We don't know why... Uh, was killed Onan we do know why but from from Tamar's point of view it's it's you know misfortune has has befallen me um you could imagine her saying it all goes wrong 
it, the, the crisis deepens because of how people handle it. So in fact, actually, uh, uh, he does something wrong, gets judged, yeah. only a chance to make up for it, but decides to be selfish and to go his own way. So he gets judged for it. And so Tamar's situation is just gradually worsening. And then she gets sent back to her father's house by Judah and uh, and told just just hang on and we'll get back to you my and he has a he has a chance to fix it all but he doesn't so it's a sort of combination of of what looks like misfortune but is god's actual justice and then and then just human sinfulness just i guess it's it's selfishness and it's it's neglecting responsibilities to the dead brother to tamar herself but also to what God has called them to do, especially Judah, you know, he's he's part of these promises. He's got a he's got a role to fulfil in in the line going. He's just slacking off, basically. What I loved in the beginning of the week there was that kind of reconciliation between Jacob and Esau. Yeah, shocking and surprised that that must have left for the readers that actually they make peace. Mm. It's that idea that actually there there is that interest there that King Jacob wants to insist in in making peace, and Esau does not hold to whatever he swore. Yeah. Um, and I I really love that part. So I've been really touched by that. That in the midst of this gruesome encounter, and in the midst of those oaths and covenants that people have said about, you know, or people used to do in the Old Testament, uh, that in one sense there is a place here for God's intervention to have these brothers, they they reconcile, really. I think that's how I understand it. Mm. Um, So, again, I just love it how it all became real. It was such a shock for all the parties involved that, this was possible. Um, mm. So I think that has been that has been the highlight of my readings this week. Stated in one of my videos that I think for me that would have been the one that would have shocked the initial readers of Genesis. That in the midst of this gruesome environment and people going behind one another's backs and an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that there is mercy and there is grace and there is opportunities to reconcile so i think we've got lots to pick up from from that story yeah but and then the story yeah. develops yeah no, i was gonna just follow up that was a really good uh, a good moment that, that they reconciled after 20 years i think it was again it shows how in genesis you do get that time to mature and, and obviously we know that from from real life you know time can go by and it can just yeah. settle down as a person maybe some of the insecurities that were fueling some of your bad behavior have been settled you know and you've been managed to sort of just become i mean jacob comes back very rich he doesn't have any need to chase after the inheritance and he, he obviously makes that point very clear and yeah um, yeah even to the point that he's very generous towards esau isn't he yeah and he persists on that yeah. and so in, in all ways it's just it's it's a great kind of piece of um you know from from where jacob starts off with his all 
it's just all very negative for Jacob in the beginning. And then, you know, he has that yeah. Bethel experience and he says, oh, I'm, I'm going to basically follow this God that's revealed himself to me and a lot of, you know, there's a lot of deception and hardship. And then to come to that point, and it's still, there's still lots for Jacob to go through, but to come to that point and now he's calling himself your servant and referring to Esau as my Lord, it just shows a real, yeah. he's long way back from being the youngest son who's trying to steal everything from his older brother because even though you know hebrews makes a point about uh, esau's character and of course you know correct to do so we can't overlook the fact at that point in the narrative that jacob should not have done what he did so yeah i mean esau's esau's bad character does not justify jacob's actions yeah yeah when especially when you see that actually in the midst of those kind of behaviors, it is possible to live with integrity, like what we see with Joseph. It is possible to to live up to a standard that honors God and that God honors in the same time as well. So, yeah, uh, again, I think we, we, we're gradually moving to the story of Joseph and, again, the rivalry of the brothers and how that jealousy continues into generations. Would any of us been speaking to our brothers if we knew their hearts, uh, if we were in Joseph's place? I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking, uh, I've been really struck by that, that he's very bold and very courageous in declaring what he's dreamed about to his brothers in, in kind of probably I would see it more as a family conversation and how much jealousy this has brought about i it's funny because i took his um his telling about the dreams as, as just sort of reckless boasting you know it's, again it's one of these things these cultural things that's hard for me to uh to assess but you know because we don't have in western culture so much the whole seniority thing you know the older you are the more senior you are and so on whereas i, I know in in a lot of Eastern cultures, that's still yeah. very case. The, yeah. the head of the family's just the yeah. oldest, you know, person and so on. Yeah, we talked about this a bit last week, didn't we? Yeah. So, you know, the idea that he could say that to his brothers, but but especially about his his father and mother. Yeah. I think, I think it's a bit lost on us in the West. The um, yeah. the offensiveness of him, uh, even though true, but just to, it just shows where his character is at at this point that he's quite cheerfully telling them all <laughs> yeah uh, yeah probably he's oblivious maybe he's boastful it's very hard to, to tell from what we read in the text really and again i think it's very sad to see that there is such not only the hierarchy of the brothers here but i think there is also such antagonism which is inherited from hey are they Le- leah's sons or are they rachel's sons or yeah. and that has come down you know to where they are i love how the story of joseph is interrupted by judah and tamar we've had a question about that haven't we yeah if tamar had not been deceitful and got pregnant what would have become of her why did she do it otherwise she would have just lived in the household why were boys so important and which way to go with that. I think just straight away, she was back in her father's household. That's one note. So she's not with Judah. You know, she's been sent home, basically. Yeah. 
she's back to, I suppose, her father having to look after. And, but she's in this limbo state, really, because, because she's been promised to Sheila. So she can't just say, right, well, find me another husband, father. You know, she's waiting. And, and, I, and also, I think Judah's, Judah is being very protective of Sheila because he knows what has happened previously uh, to the other two sons. Again, this does not justify his action, but it's the whole context of Tamar's situation and actions, really. Mm. What could have happened to her if she hadn't done her trick? I don't know, really. I mean, it could be that she just sort of lingers on indefinitely. It could be that in terms of honour, it's it's not a good place to be. Women in that society, you know, their main sources of honour were marriage and childbearing. So in the same time, she was under Judah's wings, really. Yeah, or had been. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure what kind of responsibility he still had for you know maintaining her or protecting her and now that she's back under her father's wing it's not really clear i don't know if it was clear he, he sends her off though doesn't he yeah i don't know if it um because also you know marriage and money was all um very much meshed together and marriages weren't so much done for love even though we do see that with with uh, jacob and rebecca but uh you know they would make family or or uh they would tie together clans or tribes, things like that, making uh, alliances with kings. You see that um, once we get to the monarchy, there would be a bride price uh, paid by the groom's family and the, and the, the bride would come with a dowry from, from her family. So, yeah. you know, there was money kept and held back uh, for times of crisis later or, or whatever. So I, I'm not sure what, what the details were with the, um, with Tamar with all of that except that she's hanging on and I think that you know seeing as Onan did not do the Leverite marriage thing and didn't provide sons for for her I think probably that's it I I don't think Sheila was going to what I'm not clear on is whether Sheila would have have come in as the as as a Leverite marriage and when he married her, which I don't think ever happened. Yeah. Um, so whose sons, you know, if she, if she had married Sheila, would it have been Sheila's sons and Tima's sons, or would they have been counted as hers? I, I don't know. But, uh, I, I mean, it, it just would have been better for her if um, Judah had done had done what he said and not, and not left her... Yeah. for lingering, lingering in uh, in widowhood in mourning so you know the, so the question here if Tamar had not been deceitful and got pregnant what would have become of her so it depends so how to evaluate Tamar I, I guess um, to me she's a, a heroine you know a positive character yeah. and uh, yeah. I have and I know that some people don't uh, don't feel that way about her or don't like her, which <laughs> uh, you know, um, fine. But um, but that's how I've always uh, read this story. You know, she was sort of kind of being ill-treated and 
you know, the system, the culture should work to protect the women and the children. And um, yeah. of yeah. course, it will fail once people start acting selfishly or cowardly, and then the vulnerable people start, you know, twisting in the wind or, or worse, you know. So I, I, I think there, there is another story, and I can't remember it, and it might be in numbers, where women complain to Moses about something in the law. They say, look, there's a kind of sort of loophole here, or, or there's, a, there's a gap in the law, basically. Um, and uh, what happens if so-and-so dies and so-and-so dies, you know, will we yeah. lose our land or something like that? And so Moses goes back over it and says, oh, okay, fine. And he closes the gap and says, okay, well, in that situation, you get the inheritance. So, um, so there are moments where that has to happen, where people have, have to assert themselves a bit and, um, and, and figure out how to get around this situation. And I think that's what she did. I think, um, and, I think, and I think, I think the question that, um, that we, we've been asked is also, it comes in different layers because the last question is quite telling of why Tamar acts in the way that she acts. You know, why were boys, males, so important to her? Because it had to do with that kind of identity. It had to do with, with heritage. It had to do with, with where you were in your social status the Old Testament, and I think, and that's why in the New Testament, the church or the, the disciples are challenged to look after the widow and the orphan because it is that's God's heart, really, in that sense, knowing the, the structures that are put into this society, which is revolving around that kind of identity around male figures and again we need to remember we're talking here about the time in the history of the bible where patriarchs were so prominent it is that context of the patriarchs and that's why boys are important from my understanding tema is going for and it's a little bit what happens with the book of ruth isn't it that i idea of having somebody who is able to continue the lineage of the, the male. And it's interesting how we, we mentioned this a little bit in our pre-talk, how this latest names, whether Tamar or Ruth, appears in Jesus's uh, genealogy mm. in Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ruth, that is the other one, and Bathsheba and Rahab. Yeah, the um, well, one one of the theories, because it's unusual that they're there. So one of the theories as to why is that they have some hint of, of scandal around them, because there may have been some kind of scandal around Mary and her pregnancy, and it's seemingly not being of Joseph and, and so on. And so that's that's the theory that there's there's, yeah. there's some kind of impropriety there. I don't personally uh, subscribe to that. I think they're there because they're Gentiles, and and that's part of of Matthew's theme is is that's what's happening. The Gentiles well, are it, 
introducing the Jews uh, with the, the Gentiles concept, isn't it? It's it's written for the Jews, but there is there is a, a nuance there to gradually have them think that actually Jesus has not just come for for the Jews, is the Gentiles, yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I prefer to see it that way. Uh, um, but it is it is debated. I think and yeah, I think you, your mention of Ruth, there's there are these stories of having to sort of uh, claw their way into certain situations and, and make sure I'm just thinking so Ruth has to make a special effort, you know, and she's gleaning and then oh well we'll get to her story and then um, connects with Boaz and so she is very close to um, uh, David in that in in the genealogy. Yeah, in the lineage. Yeah, yeah. And you've got uh, that woman who drives the tent peg through the um, the guy's head. I mean, that's not a genealogy question, but it's just <laughs> it's another example of um, of uh, taking the initiative, living by your wits, kind of thing, and just being. Deborah would be another one. I think that's the same episode. Actually, it's not Deborah who's. Yeah. Use the tent peg, but it's the same story. It follows on from the defeat. You know, Esther would be another one. And then outside of the Bible, there was uh, Judith, who, um, you know, when the time came, um, used her her wits and her charms to chop someone's head off. So <laughs> uh, I, it's all yeah. in that same same line, uh, same kind of category of stories of 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 just doing what it takes in a in a crisis or less than ideal situation and that's how I read Tamar she's stuck and um and I guess I suppose with the with the deceit that's kind of one of the themes of Genesis is this um of this trickery and yep. I mean, it, it was sort of hers by right, you know, to be to be in this line and Judah withheld it from her. So I I really see Judah as being much more to blame. I mean, which is what he acknowledges. Um, she was more in the right than I am. Yeah. And, it, and I think I said in the earlier episode, sometimes it's very messy and you don't know how to evaluate things. And you don't know maybe everyone's due some blame, but you don't know who's supposed to have the most. Um and perhaps this is one of them. Yeah, Somehow I mean, that's the work. Uh, and I hope the person that has asked the question is satisfied. Um, and but but it's an opportunity here to say to people, keep asking questions as you read. I think we we're closely coming to the end of Genesis, and we going to be moving to John. It'll be good to get a, a gospel message going. I I think my last question, and uh, probably we need to bring it to an end soon is um, is there anything that uh, you've been drawn to anew with the story of Joseph? I, I always like how he, whatever his situation is, so first of all, it's Potiphar's household, then it's the prison. Whatever he does, obviously it's great that the Lord prospers him and blesses whatever he does. From the human point of view, I'm just impressed by the fact that Whatever his situation, he cracks on, you know. He just says, well, I'm here, so, you know, now I'm in jail. I'll look after the prisoners, you know. Wherever he gets put, he could get put in a sewer. Right, now I'm in the sewer, I'll clean the sewer walls, you know, whatever it is. 
He just, yeah. here I yeah. am. This is what's to do. I'm going to yeah. do it. And the Lord blesses that. And I just, I think that's great yeah. because there's plenty of times, you know, you can find yourself in your life not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know why you are where you are. So you just say, well, yeah. is what's in front of me. I'll just do that, you know, and until the Lord shows me the next thing to do. And, and he does it with faithfulness. That's what I love yeah. about it. So, for example, his conversation with Pharaoh, I've got the NLT in front of me, and it's a very good way of expressing when actually Pharaoh is kind of giving him some credit uh, for what he's able to. Joseph says, it's beyond my power to do this. But God will tell you what it means and he will set you at ease. And I, I love that. I mean, how much do we need to learn from that? And the other thing that I've never thought before, but I, I don't know, it came to me as I was reading, is that in both occasions, there is clothing involved mm. with his accusations. I think that's where I've appreciated the literally sense because it's his colourful jacket, whatever we want to call it, that gets him in trouble with his brothers. And uh, that becomes the source that the brothers come back to, to Jacob to say, hey, your son has been eaten by wild beasts. And at the same time, this Potiphar's wife that comes back with a piece of clothing to say he's not a trustworthy servant of yours. Mm. I've grown to appreciate that continuity in the yeah. in the life of Joseph. How, yeah, in both instances, it was a piece of his clothing made those accusations come forth. Yeah, and how that connects with Jacob deceiving Isaac using yeah. the clothing. Yeah, such a theme of Genesis, just that you can follow through that particular literal thread deceiving each other and because no, i think it's good that the book of genesis finishes in a positive note when we we have seen a lot of shortcomings of the human heart really and see that it is possible to live a life of integrity like joseph lived then so i i'm looking forward to finishing this book with a happy ending that we see Joseph triumphantly being part of God's plan and continuing to, to fill the pieces in the jigsaw by being faithful. I'm so grateful to you, Pete, for coming and doing this podcast in the midst of COVID. I'm very grateful for your contribution to the videos as well. In the coming months, we're going to have people enjoy that it's been great to talk to you today yeah and well, thank, you for doing the time. thank you for doing the videos this week for me <laughs> i hope you guys feel better soon and uh, i look forward to catching up with you next week great thanks bye-bye take care